starts with this. When many of Jesus' disciples heard it, his teaching, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that the disciples were grumbling about it, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. Let me just read that one more time. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jump to verse 65. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? you got to love this response from Peter. Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed. And we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we open up your word, as we spend time meditating through this scripture, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray for your presence to be here. I pray that you would move among us, Lord, right now. Uh, Apart from any distraction, apart from any issue or challenge, maybe even personally, I pray that we would come to you with open hearts and open hands, open minds to be filled by you. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray all these things. We all said? Come on, church, your third service. We all said? Amen. Well, it's good to see you guys today. Good to be with you. Uh, Man, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's been a bananas day. It has been a crazy day. One of our, one of my staff members called me really early this morning and said, hey, just want to let you know our entire church is flooded. And I was like, awesome. And I rolled out of bed and I said, I'm on my way. And and, uh, we texted a couple friends, a couple of our covenant family. And man, I got to be honest with you. So many people showed up at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, and we're just here with dry, like wet vax and, and squeegees. There was a kid over there with a little squeegee, like just, and I'm telling you, there was standing water in this place, and there is absolutely no way we could have had any church today had it not been for our amazing volunteers who serve. I wonder, could we just, could we just celebrate that for a moment? That is incredible. I always like to think... I always like to think that crisis reveals character. And uh, this morning, quite honestly, was a crisis. You know what I mean? For us, at least in our world right now, is a crisis. And uh, so, so thankful for volunteers and just people who call this church their home who just snapped into action. And uh, man, it's awesome. But yeah, sorry, it's kind of like a sauna in here, a sauna in here. And also it's a little squishy. So I do apologize. Um, we just wanted to make sure that you got a taste of, of baptism. Even if, you know, those of you who didn't sign up, we knew you should have anyway, so we just, you're baptized now, so it's, it's all good. You're good to go. Uh, like I said, we are in uh, this final week of John chapter 6, All Hail the King, and I'm glad that you're here. We, ha- we actually have a lot of people joining us online as well for church today. I wonder, could we just, even though they're not here with us physically, could we celebrate those joining us online right now? Could we do that? Yeah. We are, we are super glad that you're here with us, very thankful that you could join in. It's Baptism Sunday. We already dunked a bunch of people in the second service, and it was awesome. We've got a bunch more to go. God is at work and doing great things. So 
today, as I said, we're finishing up this, this passage. And John chapter 6, by the way, it's filled with some very rich theology. I don't know if you've realized that, recognized that or not. Theology, theology, the study of God and, and how God works and how God moves and the best we can understand of him, right, the character of God. We put that in a system. It's systematic theology in which we say this is the way that God most likely is going to work based on history and character, theology. John 6 is, is, is packed with a lot of rich theology from the deeper meaning of Jesus' miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, not just feeding people's stomachs, but feeding their souls. Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the one. Eat, eat of me, which we're going to read in just a moment, right? This tough teaching. Uh, also, uh, Scripture, where, where, where we read in John 6, Jesus says, nobody can come to, the, come to the Father unless, nobody can come to me unless the Father draws him. Deep, rich theology. It's just so full of it. And today as we close out, this is a tougher teaching that Jesus spoke. So much so that it bothered his disciples to their very core. In fact, many people, we, we actually can imagine here, we can infer that most of the crowd that was following Jesus, the 5, 10, 15,000 people that were following him, most of them, after this tough teaching from Jesus, left. In fact, some of the closest people who followed Jesus turned around and left until, best we can tell, there are only 12 people sitting by. You say, what is this teaching of Jesus? Why was this so difficult? Well, check it out. Look at this in verse 53. You're about to find out real fast, real fast. Jesus said this to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Everybody was like, wait, wait, uh, say what? Gee, what? Eat the flesh and drink the blood. By the way, can you imagine if uh, you, you had been invited by a friend to hear this spiritual teacher, and they're like, no, he's cool, he's great. You go, probably going to be a free meal, some long John Silver's on the side, it's all good. Um, you show up, he's raising people from the dead. I heard he walked on water, and you're like, man, the last place you took me to is whack. Don't take me to another. No, I swear, it's really good. And you come in and sit down, the guy stands up and goes, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, your friend looks at you and said, I'm never listening to you again. Don't you ever take me anyplace again, right? But Jesus stands up and says, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, you have no life in you. Verse 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And he goes on to say, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, let me hear somebody say, feed on me. Feed on me. Yeah, weird, right? Feed on me. He also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, after hearing this passage in context, you can see what the issue was, correct? Yes? We can see what the issue is. Jesus sounds like he's asking people to be cannibals. Now, just so you know, that's not what Jesus was asking. And... Our church's stance on cannibalism is that it's not great, just so you know, okay? That's also Jesus' stance on it. This is obviously out of bounds, but especially in such a religious culture, a Jewish culture, that is ruled by clean and unclean. To a Jewish man or woman, 
they're very concerned with what meat do I eat, what clothing do I wear, what things are clean, what things are unclean. So to have a man stand up and say, eat my flesh, drink my blood, Jesus is going countercultural, even counter to the religious practice of the day. Very odd, very shocking, very strong, so much so that the disciples say, this is a tough teaching. Who can even stand to hear this? Jesus, of course, is not talking of his literal body that we're to partake of. Jesus is metaphorically talking, as we can read in verse 63, he's saying, I am the bread of life. I am, eat of me, eat of me, the bread of life, not the bread of the world. We spent some significant time last week talking about this idea that Jesus didn't come to give the bread, Jesus came to be the bread. In other words, Jesus didn't just come to to fix your immediate problems, to make sure that you're happy and healthy and wealthy. No, Jesus mainly cares that your soul is aligned with the Father, that your soul is in check with the teachings of Scripture. In other words, Jesus came to make a way for you to get to God because we could not get to God. Listen to me. You alive this morning, church? Yes? Because we could not get to God, God came to us through Jesus, the I am, through Jesus, the bread of life. To eat of the bread of life means to to submit and surrender one's life to the teachings of Jesus. Beyond a belief, it's a repentance and a way of life, a way of living. So today I want to focus on something. I want to focus on three things specifically. One, I want to focus on what the disciples said to each other. Number two, I want us to focus on how Jesus responded. And then finally, I want to focus on what Peter said to Jesus. First part, what the disciples said to each other. Verse 60, they said this. When many of the disciples heard Jesus' teaching, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Then in turn, what Jesus said to the disciples in verse 61. Jesus, knowing in himself that the disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense to this? And then in verse 67, Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And lastly, notice the disciples' response, Peter, namely, verse 68, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Question for today. We want you to take notes, write some of these things down. Question. What is the author trying to convey? What is John, the author, authoring this this narrative, this story, right, this historical account of the life of Jesus Christ, what is John trying to convey to us through this, 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 this situation, through this conversation? I think there's a lot of things, but namely, three specific things. Number one, number one, <laughs> this is good. Number one, John's trying to convey this. You won't always like what Jesus tells you or what Jesus tells you to do. You won't always like what Jesus tells you or what Jesus tells you to do. Jesus stands up and says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Now, here's what you got to know. That's going to run off a crowd of people. If I'm a disciple and I'm like, yeah, man, we're really making some progress. 
we got a couple thousand people following Jesus, more than a couple thousand. There's tens of thousands of people following Jesus. Man, this is really a thing. I'm belonging to this thing. This is a big deal. And you're like, Jesus, do another miracle. Jesus is going to heal some people, maybe make some more food show up. Like, this is awesome. We're a big deal. And then Jesus stands up and says what he says. And everybody's got to be like, wow, why did you ruin it, Jesus? Why did you say, stand up and say difficult things? Why can't you just say easy things? Like, why doesn't Jesus just stand up and say, I love you? Hey, guys, I love you. You know what? No matter how far you go, you can't outrun me. I love you. Like, why doesn't Jesus just stick to that? Do you know why? Because Jesus is not just concerned about you here. Jesus is concerned about you there. Amen? What kind of love would it be to save you in this life only to have you perish in the next. Jesus does care for your immediate needs. Do not miss that. But not as much as your eternal needs. My friends, we serve a good and loving God. But this good and loving God is going to say things at times that we do not like. This good and loving God, make no bones about it, is going to tell us things that we do not necessarily want to hear. And this is a problem. Why is it a problem? Well, namely because we live in a day and a time where, let's just be honest, we pretty much do what we want to do when we want to do it. Would you agree? Yes? I mean, case in point, today if you had a movie go through your mind and you're like, I really want to watch that movie, but it's an old movie, it's like from 1955 or 1972 or whatever, all you would have to do is go home and, or turn on your phone and and open up Netflix. And if it's not on Netflix, then it's probably on Hulu. And if it's not on Hulu, it's probably on Amazon. If it's not on Amazon, it's probably on Tubi. If it's not on Tubi, it's probably on YouTube. And if you can't find it on YouTube, you know how to look up movies illegally and watch them from your computer with a VPN. Right? So I'm just saying, I know you, bunch of sinners. I know what you do. Come on. You're playing like you're holy with me. The fact of the matter is you get what you want when you want it. I had a conversation with my kids the other day. Excited about a new artist who is releasing some music coming out on, on a certain date, and I asked them later in the day, I was like, you guys excited to hear so-and-so? And they're like, oh, we already heard the whole album. What do you, what do you mean? We already heard it. I, we listened on Spotify this morning. It was, it was pretty good. And it just sent me back. Like, I wanted to slap my kids in the face. I'm not going to lie. I, I really, I really wanted to hit them. Like, just smack them. I'll tell you why. They don't know the struggle. How many of you know the struggle of sitting next to your radio waiting with a cassette tape that you have put a little band-aid underneath so that you can tape over it just to catch the DJ say, and now here is the latest from so-and-so, so you can push record and play at the same time to record the one song. And if you wanted to hear that song again, you had to drive down to an actual store, purchase the item, and come home. And now my kids are like, yeah, I already heard it. It was free. I just listened to it online. We get what we want when we want it. By and large, we live in a world that has immediate gratification. One of the biggest problems in parenting today is that we do not teach people how to moderate that gratification. We think instant gratification is best. One of the best things we can do as family, as parents, as moms, as dads, is to teach against instant gratification, delayed gratification. And Jesus, he's saying this. He's saying literally, eat of me. Eat of me. These things that you can get immediately, guess what? They're not bringing you life. It's a difficult road to follow me. 
Elsewhere, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Listen, if you want to follow me, you need to hate your mother, hate your father, hate your, hate your brother, even your own life, deny it all, pick up your cross, follow me. In other words, Jesus is saying, your love for me, your love for others must be like hatred compared to your love for me. Number one, you won't always like what he says. You won't always like what he calls you to do. It doesn't bother Jesus that it bothers you, though. Because point number two is this. Jesus, when it comes to Jesus, he's not, listen to me now, Jesus is not going to compromise his message or his mission for anyone. Jesus is not going to compromise his message or his mission for anyone. Jesus says, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. Elsewhere, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Listen, I'm the life. No one gets to the Father unless they come through me. We live in a time and a day where that truth doesn't jive with our lives. I don't like that. That truth does not jive with, with our life. I don't like being told that stuff. I want to be the one who makes the decisions. I want to be the one who, who, who does what I want to do. I want Jesus to fit into my narrative, into my box. That's what I want. Here's what you got to understand. Jesus did not come here to fit the narrative of your life. Jesus came with his own narrative, his own message, his own gospel, his own way to God. You can choose to follow it or not, but Jesus is not going to change that message, methodology, or, or mission for anyone or anything. He's not going to. There's not going to come a day where Jesus stands up and said, hey, guess what? Not enough people are believing in me, so I'm going to slightly shift this a little bit. I'm not going to be the only way and the only truth and the only life that gets to God. Like, I'm just going to allow good people. That's not Jesus. Jesus came to offer life and life to the fullest and life more abundantly. I know that we live in a day when truth is subjective. I get that. I know that we live in a day when truth is abstract or changing from moment to moment. Truth is for sale right now as it pertains to the truth about your sexuality, the truth about your gender, the truth about your mind, the truth about your actions, the truth about what is okay and what is acceptable. Everything right now is for sale to the highest bidder. And Jesus says, I've never changed. I've never changed the, miss the, the mission, the message. It's always been the same. Lastly, you always like what Jesus is going to tell you. He's not going to compromise. And so that leaves us with this last point. The only correct response is one of surrender. The only correct response to the bread of life, the only correct response to the man who says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, I am the one sent from God to make a way for you. The one who died on a cross and rose again. The only proper response is one of surrender. Peter says it himself. Jesus says, are you going to go as well? This offends you? You're going to go somewhere? Peter's like, where am I supposed to go? You're the son of God. You have the words of life, Jesus. What am I supposed to do? And the answer is the same for us today. What are we supposed to do? Surrender. Surrender. You may not like what Jesus has to say all the time. You may not like what Jesus calls you to do. 
but that doesn't change the fact that he is the son of God. You may not like the message that Jesus brings all the time. You may not like the mission that he's necessarily on, but it doesn't change who Jesus Christ is. The proper response for us is to surrender to Jesus Christ, to eat of the bread of life. We mentioned this last week. So many of us, we are feeling so dead, depressed, anxious, decayed, prop. We have issues right now. And partially it's because we continue to eat from dead things. We're eating garbage, ingesting filth and trash, wondering why we don't feel good. Jesus says, eat of me. You'll never hunger again. Drink of me. You'll never thirst again. I will bring you new life. In just a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to see this take place. We're going to literally see people brought up out of the water. We're going to celebrate new life. It's this beautiful, symbolic picture. Just as Jesus died and went into the grave, three days later, as we're going to celebrate this next Sunday, Easter, three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. I actually believe that. Let me just say that again. Jesus died and rose from the grave. He got up out of the grave. He got up out of death. He walked out of the tomb. I actually believe in the literal death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that's not a popular opinion, but here's the deal. Jesus wasn't that big on popularity. I know we are. We think as Christians, i got to work hard to get my platform so that when I get my platform, I can then use that platform to, to tell other people about Jesus. Nope. Jesus doesn't need your name. Jesus doesn't need your platform. Jesus doesn't need your popularity. Jesus is going to be who Jesus has always been. And there is only one name under heaven. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. And that name is above every other name. You can deny it, you can run from it, you can hide from it, but it doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the grave. And so before I go any farther, that's what we're gonna celebrate today. These people can get dunked underwater and depending on how bad they've been, that's how long I'll hold them under, just saying. A couple of you wives out there slip me some $50 bills, like just hold them under for a little bit longer. That's what we're celebrating today. And I want you to know, today can be your day of celebration as well. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Maybe you're not getting baptized today. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you just came to watch your friends get baptized. But can I tell you this? Jesus is chasing you. He's chasing after you right now. You being here is no coincidence. Right now in the still of this moment, I want you to reflect and I want you to be so bold as to ask God to reveal himself to you. God, if you're so real, reveal yourself to me. It's God who came to this world to give us life. Right now, where you sit, quietness and stillness of this moment, reflect on the words of Jesus. Eat of me, I am the bread.